0: to Running With Problems. I'm Miranda Williamson.
1: And I'm John Eisen.
0: And this is a podcast about the challenge we, challenges we face as runners from navigating our bodies, dealing with social dynamics, and facing personal trauma.
1: Great and, job on that intro.
0: Thank you. <laughs> a little bit of stumbling, but we'll get it. We'll get you there. Got it. And today we have a really fun guest, Anthony Lee, and we're going to be talking a bit about diversity and running.
1: Yeah, we we talk a lot about Anthony's um, early days in the sport and how he made his way to Colorado. Uh, He is a elite runner in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, He recently won the URA 100. And has also won the High Lonesome 100. Uh, He's a really interesting guy, and we really enjoyed getting to know him.
0: Yeah, just to paint a picture for you all, um, Anthony showed up to our house to record this podcast. He was wearing a hard rock uh, hat and a hard rock shirt. He has about shoulder length green hair, and he was just a lovely guest to have in our home.
1: Yeah, super targeted, super fun, a great interview for us. I enjoyed learning more about his background and talking about some of the, you know, representation issues that we have in the sport.
0: Yeah. And just I mean, really incredible runner. So we do spend a little bit more time talking about his running accomplishments than we usually do in some of our other podcasts, but well worth the listen because his running accomplishments are pretty incredible he does not brag but he probably should
1: oh yeah yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) I'm very impressed
0: so um without further ado let's get into it well we have business oh we do we always have business oh we have to check in with each other
1: well we have to do a quick check-in okay how are you doing
0: um, I'm doing really well recovering from the Backyard Ultra, as you all heard from our previous podcast. That was a big accomplishment, and I'm still feeling accomplished from that event. Um, dove into a pretty massive week of running after that, so did not really recover. But then this weekend, we had an adventure. We went out of town and got away and really prioritized all other things than running. Slept, yeah, pretty slept much. Under the stars and it was really nice.
1: Yeah, it was really nice.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm I'm looking for running motivation. You know, we're coming into these winter yeah. months and maybe we should do a whole pod on this, but we should. um yeah I'm I'm signing up with the new coach and mm-hmm. I'm excited about some of the feelings that's going to bring and I'm just looking for some motivation To try and encourage, you know, consistent running, which I haven't really done since June. So that's what I'm excited about. Um, Life's been busy. Uh, We're doing a lot more podcast stuff. uh, And and we
0: work full-time jobs and we run.
1: Yes. And we have a full-time dog.
0: (laughs) He takes a lot of work, this guy. Oh, yes. But he's so cute. Makes an appearance in the podcast again.
1: Yes. Yes, he does make an appearance today. Um, Other things to chat about. We have some future topics coming up. Um, trying to, we will definitely. We've rebooked Justin for a talk on overtraining syndrome, and we have all those interesting topics coming up. Everything from adaptive running to race directing, and apparently, we're going to do a podcast on training motivation. Uh, so if you have and any, we are going
0: to get some couples in too soon. We've been trying to find some couples willing to yeah. come on the pod, and um, I think we
1: need Caleb and Kelsey.
0: Yeah, I think we'll get Caleb and Kelsey here. I think soon. I
1: think we need those. We two. talk
0: about them enough. They're the race directors of High Lonesome. And oh yeah, we love. They them. They come up quite regularly in this podcast. Uh,
1: and then finally, I just want to encourage any listeners to rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. We would really appreciate those ratings and those reviews. They really help us get. Out there and get more people listening. And more people listening means we can get better guests. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've leveled up on our guests. And we want to continue to do a better, a good job at making this podcast. So give us a rating and review. Ooh,
0: I want to I wanna interrupt you there for a okay. moment. Our guests before were... Great level. Oh, we're yes. not we're not leveling. Not no judgment. one was a level down. We're still gonna keep a mix of all types of guests.
1: Yes. We I just mean to say we, we started going a little outside our friend group.
0: Yes, yes, there you go. We've
1: gone yeah. a level beyond in terms of locality.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Um and that that's that's all the business I have.
0: All right, well. I hope you all enjoy Anthony. He's pretty great.
1: Yeah, really special episode. Enjoy.
0: Hello, everyone. I'd like to introduce our guest today. We're joined by Anthony Lee who's a pretty incredible runner. I've been uh, doing my research and learning a bit about your accomplishments, but I'll let you take it away and explain some of your accomplishments to our guests. So instead of just going through the list, which you've run <laughs> like 100 ultras.
2: Yeah, something similar. Um, but thank you for having me, Brenda <laughs> yeah. and John. Um, yeah, really stoked to be here. Um, But yeah, list of accomplishments. Maybe
0: not a list. Um, What are your top, top like three or four?
2: mm, Yeah, so, I mean, I've run 20 100 mile races, um... I think the biggest ones were um my first High Lonesome in twenty seventeen ah, where I f- where, John's oh, first. We, we love High Lonesome on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um where I met John actually. And um so yeah, that was probably my first favorite one hundred mile race yeah. um, that I enjoyed in Colorado. And that's what made me actually move out here in the first place. Because you're um, we, from
0: the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I started running in the Pacific Northwest oh, as really? well in Portland. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, uh, trail animals. Well, Y East Wolfpack was one of my favorite running clubs. Um, rain Shadow Running in the Seattle area. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's a, it's a nice commonality that we have to yeah. share.
0: Yeah, And uh, running in the rain as well. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, running in the rain. Not, I think I've gotten soft to it um, yeah. these days, but um, it's pretty, yeah. like when you live out there, it's, it's very normal, right? Like Definitely. every day. Yeah. Everything's a little mildewy um, and like just yes. yeah wet, um, especially through the winters. Gore-Tex
0: shoes are a must.
2: Yep. Yeah, Gore-Tex shoes. Um, But yeah, I moved out here in 2018 after my first High Lonesome, uh, which was a really great accomplishment of mine. Okay,
0: so you were living still in Seattle area.
2: Uh, Actually, just outside of Portland. Just outside of Portland. Yeah, I was on the Washington side of Vancouver. Got Um, it. "Mm -hmm."
0: And then you signed up for a 100 miler in Colorado.
2: Yeah, just like looking for a place to, like, move to, um, I actually, like, this is a weird background about me, is that, um, I had some trouble growing up, like, I was just in, like, a really bad crowd, and, mm-hmm. um, just made a few mistakes that got caught, <laughs> um, which, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, like, yeah, really a bummer, but it sent me back a couple of months, a couple of years, actually, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so 2017, um, not many people know that like I was on probation, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my probation officer actually was like, running seems to be a, a por- important thing in your life. And they would allow me to travel out of state, um, with permission uh. of asking them. So I went to three races in 2017, um, and it was Tahoe, Bend, and, uh, Colorado for Salida, okay. high lonesome race. And, um... I won that year. Um,
0: you which, won the high lonesome. I won too. the
2: high lonesome oh, yeah. in the inaugural year, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm set on moving to Colorado in 2018 once okay. everything was
1: finished. And, yeah. There's so, so many interesting <laughs> follow-ups to that story. Uh, I guess I wonder, well, I think the thing that comes to mind for me is, like, is I find it interesting that you're evaluating where you want to go via ultra running mm-hmm. what was this like was this the, was this the obvious way to do it for you that like you were looking for a place where you could run beautifully or was it just a mechanism to go and check out places while you were on probation ooh um that is a good
2: question john um i think it was more of i needed an outlet um, and I did like exploring places outside mm-hmm. of like where I was, uh, located in Washington. Um, but it was more just, um, the latter. Um, it was more just like, yeah, an escape, um, mm-hmm. to see the beauty of things. And like, it was a freedom, like mm-hmm. I, it that was you like, weren't afforded
1: every day during that point in your life. Right.
2: Yeah. Like I could, li- I could literally run around like my house and like, in the state of Washington, but I couldn't leave,
1: like... You couldn't go to Forest Park. Right, yeah, I couldn't go to Forest
2: Park or Portland. I was, like, literally running just around my house. Um, My parents needed to know where I was. Uh, Yeah, just things like that. So, yeah, running was the gateway to, like, getting out. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so...
0: And you had some early success with running. You were already doing really well. And you started as a roadrunner, right?
2: I did start out as a roadrunner. Yeah, my siblings actually brought me into the trail running scene. Um, Yeah, I grew up not athletic. Um, I was actually an obese child to begin with. Um, Really? Yeah, I would eat fast food, be a couch potato, watch cartoons, anime. Um, Yeah, I really was a heavier kid uh, growing up. And then my siblings... They both ran track and cross-country. Um, I ended up running middle school track and then followed in their footsteps with cross-country and track and ran with their coach um, through my uh, puberty years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of got into the wrong crowd in high school. Um, yeah, just kind of went through high school with, like in a weird phase trying to figure out who I was. Um, I mean, yeah, I think everyone does that, (laughs) right? but yeah, I got definitely, I was the one that got caught um, more troublesome um, and more Mm -hmm. of the black sheep in the family.
0: I think some people have like no luck to get away with any rule breaking.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and a lot of us are just like, just that one lucky moment away, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people have experiences that are similar, where you're you're breaking yeah. some rules, yeah. you're in some crowds, yeah. and like some people get caught and some people don't, and it, you know, some at some level, it's just a roll of the dice. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah,
2: so yeah, after See? probation, I moved out here, um, and just fell in love with the community, like high lonesome community was what I really drew into. Like, I think that first year was like 75 people and we really got to know each other really well. Um, I met like the Rocky mountain runner like group. Um, yeah, yeah, I met like Kelsey and Caleb, you, John. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of my friends were running that race that first year. Um, and yeah, it was just amazing. So that was, yeah. Circling back to the first questions, like, yeah, that was definitely a highlight accomplishment of mine. Um, and then probably f- from that, like, just living here, establishing myself in the community, um, wanting to do more rocky mountain run, like, trail races, um, like, the Ura 100, like, comes to mind is another really another big top a, one. Top, right, I, I got a
1: question. Race. What attracts you to the Ura 100? Because <laughs> I, I have a thing where it seems like a lot of album backs. Definitely, yeah, uh. a ton of out and backs. Yeah, <laughs> hitting major high points. It's, um, it's This race is one of the most vertically challenging races, one of the most highest races, uh, the most highest, right? Uh, yeah. the, one of the highest races in the Rocky Mountains, uh, mm-hmm. at least in the state of Colorado. I mean, it's very, very difficult, um, but it's also like somewhat contrived, right? You have all these peaks, and you're just supposed to go out and back and hit them all, right? Yeah, you hit checkpoints, tag your bib, okay, <laughs> all so- that.
0: So, oh. so, my
1: question is, like, what, what attracts you? Because you've done this race, what, tw- two, three times? Uh, one, one time, ones? yeah. Okay. Um, I paced it. But, oh, you paced yeah, it yeah, the, the other what time. Kinda okay. Kinda it, but. Mm. So, what, what <laughs> attracts you to this race?
2: Um, so, my first time out in the San Juans was 2018. Um, I paced Hard Rock. Gosh. Um. So and beautiful. Yeah, I was just like, holy crap, this is the most magical place, besides the saw watch. Um, and in 2019 i oh man um i got asked <laughs> sorry that's summit <laughs> playing As with usual, his ball summit
0: yeah. is interrupting us oh, okay. now he's throwing a toy around <laughs>
2: um so yeah i mean 2019 i had the lucky opportunity to run or pace and crew yurei um mm-hmm. this japanese runner um his name is hiroki He's a North Face athlete. He asked me personally through Instagram, like, if I could pace and crew him. He
0: slid into your (laughs) DM. Yeah,
2: (laughs) exactly. Um, So, yeah, they were making a film on him, and I was, I just happened to be living in the area, um, well, living in Colorado, but my friend mutually connected us. And so I had paced him and crewed. The whole race but pace him specifically for the last 50 miles so pretty much like yeah saw the whole race almost um and yeah we made a documentary out of it and then I was going to sign up 2020 but COVID um so it put me back a year and then 2021 was like all right I'm signing up I live here I can do the training like when am I ever going to have this most perfect opportunity to be in the San Juans to train specifically for this? So yeah, I, I just love the area so much. Um, and it's like, if I can't get into hard rock, I'm going to either be in the San Juans training or I'm going to do this race or spectate volunteer. So even the last like two years that I haven't run it, I've either volunteered or crewed or paced someone um, so yeah. Um, and year you really ran it. it,
1: you did, you won,
2: right? Yeah. 2021. I I maybe win. I, maybe I yeah. talked
1: over that. <laughs> no, you're sorry. good. Yeah.
2: So that's <laughs> like the why I really think that's a really big achievement of mine. Um, cause I was kind of like oh, just awesome. a nobody like high lonesome put me like, like somewhat on the map in Colorado mm-hmm. with in our friend group, but yeah, Ura like solidified me like, Oh, I can actually do these mountain races pretty well and that's like what I love to do I love like high amounts of vert um, like time on feet events and yeah that like has it all like 42,000 feet you're gonna be out there for a long time Uh, yeah
0: and for our listeners Anthony's wearing a hard rock hat and shirt (laughs) is that a next goal of yours
2: yeah I think it is like, a high bucket list race, um, I have so many, it just keeps getting longer and longer each year, (laughs) um, especially, like, with UTMB adding all these cool races, but, like, in the States, like, I think Hard Rock and Western States are the big bucket list, uh, races that anyone would want to do, um, and, like, I'd say I would, like, I know John just did it in April, um, but like the Barkley Marathons. Ah, that's is, a goal of yours. Yeah. Is like, wow. yeah. I did not know this. It's like, it's been like creeping into the back of my head. Um, we should talk after the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, definitely. So, so yeah, I know people that do year a have had good success at Barkley. So. It, is, it is a race
1: <laughs> where one of the skills is being able to climb a lot of mountains. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, yeah. be
0: on your feet a lot.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yep. It's got other skills as well, but mm-hmm. yeah, that that is a if you can sustain your legs for a long period of time, you you'll do well at the Barkley. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are just a few of the races: Hard Rock, Western States, Barkley. I think are. In the foreseeable future. Um, oh, j- you know,
1: just those three, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. those are, like, classically the, right. like, biggest races in the U.S., yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I guess Coca-Dona's now making a name for itself, but um, I think, arguably, <laughs> yeah. those are the three most talked about races in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. I, for ultra running. Yeah.
2: I mean, this weekend, the backyard ultra, the big oh, yeah, like, championship is yeah. happening, so i following is that, that still going? It is still going. Oh, I think they're gosh. on, like lap 100 or something oh my we just did did our first
0: backyard ultra yeah yeah how was that um so it was my 41st birthday and so we (laughs) thank you we planned to do um 10 laps Mm -hmm. and nice so 40 miles yeah about 41 miles and um we made it we made (laughs) our 10 laps yeah (laughs) i questioned if if i was gonna be able to keep it up
2: i've done it i've done one backyard but it was during covid so it was all virtual um Uh, which is on zoom it's like so challenging because you're just by yourself oh my and there's no competitors no no that Um, would be
0: even worse yeah
2: i don't know how i made it 25 hours oh my um,
0: god by
2: myself but like you had competitors on the screen
0: what did you do to keep your mind occupied
2: um I mean this luckily like I was still at my I went back home and like we just did out of like the garage.
0: Um <laughs> Wow
2: So Were you on a treadmill or do you run around? I the, ran around, around the my block. block. Yeah. It was really, really bad loop. It was oh, just a road loop. Oh my god. Uh, for 25 hours. Oh um gosh, but I mean okay. I had friends come out, thankfully. Okay. Like we did social distancing, okay. but um to keep my mind occupied, it was just like my, like uh like Mathematic, like, games and then, like, just
1: music, um, Uh, especially, like, overnight. Um, Yeah. Oh, I love the – yeah, I like puzzles as well. And if you can get a puzzle, like, in your head, you just sort of crunch on. Yeah, you can sit uh, on it for a while.
0: To prepare for Barkley, John's coach had him doing, like, uh, puzzles during some of his training mm -hmm. runs. Yeah,
1: I would do, like – Which
0: was to keep your mind sharp. Oh, sorry.
1: I would yeah. do, like, a 1,000-foot repeat, and then mm-hmm. I would have to do, like, hard, uh, like, puzzle work on my phone. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then we met this guy who ran for the, was it the Netherlands National Orienteering Team? He came he was living in Boulder, he was doing, like, a postdoc rotation, oh. and he trains like that, too, in oh. orienteering. Oh, crazy. So, like, they, they have their own, like, app where they, they'll just do, like, like 400... Fast and then go and do like some puzzle oh, solving. Gosh, yeah. Anyways, so you're you're
0: already preparing yeah. for the Barkley. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, something
1: like that. Well, okay. Our yeah. bi- our big dogs update. Not that this is a live show. I mean, this totally doesn't make sense. But anyway, big dogs backyard ultra is at hour eighty one, oh, wow. and there's fourteen yeah. runners left.
0: Okay. Live fact check.
1: Hour eighty one is. I mean, that's, I that's two, three and a half days. Three
0: days. Wow. Because ninety
1: six is is four days. Yeah.
0: That's way longer than the one that we did last. In.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but this is the world championship. You know, it's it's matured yeah. somewhat. I wonder. Did uh, do you think? Do you think you ever be down for like Sri Chinmoy? thirty one hundred? Yeah, the race, the, one the Transcendence yeah, race. Yeah, New
2: York. Um, that just sounds really rough. I mean, I would probably be interested. I I'd, I'd never say never. I,
1: I mean, yeah. we only lasted ten laps, but I felt like, I felt like I, I after I ran that backyard I would like street champ, I you know that would be really interesting because. It's a a state that you get into. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a mental state. Totally. It's not like fitness is important if you actually want to complete the 3100, but the race is more about putting you in that state. So, even the people who DNF are are like experiencing the race in the way that it's meant to be experienced, Mm -hmm. which is this like constant going attitude and feeling almost like there's not a choice. There's like this mentality of, this is what I do now.
2: Yeah, like for. I think, 50 days or whatever. They're yeah, like yeah, it's, crazy.
1: It's, it's 50 to 60 days. Yeah. 3,100 miles is the goal. Yeah, wild.
0: <laughs> so, Anthony, your family sounds pretty supportive. They came out for Hurt to crew you, right? Yeah, and they mm-hmm. were like, you're doing this backyard ultra out of their garage.
2: Yeah, I mean, it took a couple years. Um, they were like, this is not the traditional path. Um, uh-huh. Like my siblings, they have really... like traditional jobs like they my sister works at Nike my brother does business Uh development um so yeah they kind of thought like oh you should go into like a science field or engineering or yeah medicine uh that's Mm -hmm. kind of like the whole Asian stereotype right um they didn't think like athletics was like profitable or like a lifestyle that is sustainable Mm -hmm. um and, like, yeah, it kind of isn't, but, like, I think I've changed that in their mind. Like, as long as I'm happy and, like, doing the right thing and just living the way I want to, um, they have no, like, they they are supportive and they, like, don't have any questions about it, um, and, and they are yeah. supportive.
1: So Was that a difficult journey to get them there? I think so, because, like, the
2: first few years, like, I moved back home in 2013 after, like, a really failed year in college. Again, like, just never really grew up from that transition um, from high school. And then, yeah, so I came back home in 2013 living with them. And then it was just like, okay, I want to do something with running. I had early success in my first Mm -hmm. 50K um, I won it. I was almost at the course record. I think I still have the second fastest time on that race. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm good at this running thing. I'm yeah. good at distance. And I love being out in nature, which I enjoyed during my cross country years of high school. Um, and like, I just, I knew people that were sponsored and like, okay. Like I just had like maybe one or two races that like I was on the podium and I was like, all right, 2013 and in, going into 2014, like, how can I get a shoe sponsor? Like, right off the bat. (laughs) I'm just like, this is the early kind of change of the, like, era. It's like, okay, sponsorships. And, like, I knew people in Portland, like, that had Innovate sponsors or Nike sponsorships. I was like, Uh I I would just, like, kind of reach out into the inner circle. Um, And, like, that first couple – those first couple years of, like, having kind of some success. But, like, yeah, just – I didn't have my name out there fully – Um, people were just like, yeah, we can give you in some ambassadorships and like product for free and like, yeah, nothing crazy. So like I would still have to work and um, yeah. So it was basically just, it was very difficult to show like, oh, I could be successful in this sport to my, my parents. And like, there's like, yeah, you still need to get a job to support yourself. Like you're, you're turning 19, 20 at the time. And it's just like, okay, we, you got to do something to be better or be supportive of your own self. So got a job, kept running through all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. and just like to continue the dream at least. Um, and then, yeah, like I hit a blip in 2017 and that kind of halted things. But, um, yeah, I mean, it hasn't changed the goal to be like sponsored. Um, I think right. like even my probation officer saw that like, Hey, this is going to save your life. Like you should do something in the running space. And, yeah. and then, yeah, 2021, when I did end up winning year A, was like, when I found the brands like I wanted to work with and they wanted to work with me because my name was already getting out there um, mm-hmm. through results and through my community, honestly. Um, so yeah, that's, they, then they were like, oh, okay, like, this isn't just a lifestyle or a hobby. Like, you can make money doing this. Um, you get these contracts. And, I mean, I, even if I wasn't getting paid, I would still go out and train. Like, this is a lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have met so many friends in uh, my community through this lifestyle of trail running. So, even if I wasn't sponsored or getting paid, like,
1: it's a healthy lifestyle for me yeah your your parents are convinced by the by the idea that like other people are supporting you right or companies Mm -hmm. and brands and yeah they like other people would believe in me
2: um yeah so yeah like it's not just the money like money is important um but i think yeah it's just like other people believe in me and yeah that's a good thing
1: oh yeah Mm -hmm. definitely i mean often it's Sometimes, sometimes that's necessary to believe in ourselves, <laughs> depending on the time of day, I suppose.
2: <laughs> yeah, there were a few really dark days where I was like, "Oh man, I'm if I keep going down this like path, like there's no return, and then the dream wouldn't ever come to fruition." Um, so yeah, it's it's been a few hard years of re- reflection on that, but like I know, like I'm doing the things necessary to like. Say sustainable in the sport mm-hmm. and and yeah, like just do it because I love it
1: and um, yeah. It's, it's, S- sustainability is an interesting term because so you know you're working very hard to get your name out there and and get these good results and mm-hmm. you know how do you manage sustainability? I mean this is now you know many years into your career as an ultra runner and a hundred mile ultra runner mm-hmm. like. Those races and the training wears on people, right? Yeah. That, uh, do you have you come to terms with that? Like how what you have to do to create a sustainable training regimen, or do you, can you just train as much as you want? It still at this point. Oh yeah, I mean, ten years
2: ago, like I could just wake up and pop out the door without doing any PT or mobility. Um, <laughs> and I'm about to turn thirty in January, um, and so yeah, the sustainable part is is a really big thing, like, like you're saying, John, um, yeah, I, I would say, like, I, as a youth, I would run, like, five to six races a year, like, from 50k to 100 miles, and in 2018, going into 2019, I think I burnt myself out not being sustainable in, like, training or racing, like, I did four 100s in, like, a span of five and a half months, um, and, at the end of it was just, I was hurting so bad, like physically and mentally, like it took the latter, like the whole half of like 2019 to really recuperate from all of that. Um, so yeah, being sustainable now is just like, yeah, I'm doing all the mobility, be doing all the PTE prehab, um, rehab if I'm already injured and like just trying to get my back myself back onto that start line. Um, but yeah, just being more wise, like n- making sure I'm not overcommitting myself to races or like training. So I used to be self-coached, or I self, I like coached myself for mm-hmm. a number mm-hmm. of years, and like now I'm working with David Roach, um, well-known coach. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's really reined me back from myself and, like, overdoing it. Um, so, no, I'm, like, a huge fan of, like, being more sustainable for my, my own self and, like, the people around me. Like, if I overcommit, then I, I won't be able to do this with, like, my partner or or whoever it may be. So, yeah, it's – the sustainability
1: part is very, very crucial these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I find it similarly. Like, you just sometimes – I don't know. At least, like going into the Berkeley cycle, like I knew I was gonna get burnout, and I was like okay with it. But it, like, as like as long as it happens after the race, right? right. Um, but like in general, like it's just so. We, as you say, the bucket list keeps growing. I know, and yeah. uh, and the rate at which we can accomplish these events doesn't always grow in the same way. It can be. Somewhat challenging to check our expectations. But. Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, I had to wait, like, even this year, um, I did UTMF in Japan, Mount Fuji, and it took three years to actually do the race because I was supposed to go in 2020. Ah. So, yeah, it's just, like, yeah, waiting. It's, it's playing the long game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, even if I don't get to do these races, like, hopefully I get to experience them in one way or another um either crew volunteer uh pace um but yeah i mean at the end of the day like you do get to pick and choose what you want to do yeah yeah Mm
0: -hmm. it seems like um the community aspect of ultra running is really important to you and i'm wondering what communities you're a part of here in in colorado Mm.
2: yeah community is a big thing um I think even prior to moving to Colorado, like tapped into like my hometown. We call it the Vantucky Trail Runners. Um, Uh, So yeah, we're... That's Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, Vancouver, Washington, not British Columbia. Um, So yeah, we had a really nice run group. um, Really great community out there. And then even when I was able to go into Portland, um, like the Y East um, group... That I would train with uh, was also really integral to my mm. up- upcoming in trail running, and then moving out here, like I've met the Rocky Ra- Rocky Mountain Runners group. Um, so they're a big influence um, in my in my corner, like. I just love meeting up
1: with them Mondays um, for Green Mountain. Oh yeah, the Monday. I, I was there yesterday. Yeah. For my first in like six months. I know but. it's been a while for me too. Uh,
2: usually Mondays are my rest day, so it's like.
1: It's so hard. Yeah. These
2: coaches they make Monday
1: the rest day, but yeah. then
2: Monday's this good run. It's like, what do right. you do? I know I do miss out. Um, but yeah, Rocky Mountain Runners in Colorado has been like one of my um has been one of my my favorites. Uh, Boulder Trail Runners. And then um, I recently got involved with um, like another community called the Run Mindful community. Oh, and, um, I don't know this one. So yeah, this is, this was, I mean, Timothy Olson created uh, this. It it's,
0: sounds like a Timothy Olson y- thing already. Yeah.
2: Um, so Timothy Olson is the creator um, of these kind of camps um, through meditation and mm-hmm. mountain running. So he had two camps in in Colorado when he was still lived here um but now he has one in Oregon where he li- now lives but yeah that community um is like super integral to my like lifestyle
1: as well so What do you think mindful well I guess what is the definition of mindful running and what has what has mindfulness brought you So yeah
2: mindfulness like is the act of being present. Um, and in the running space, like, I mean, for me, like I, before even each run, like I do a body assessment. So that's already like clearing your head, seeing like your, your, all your senses from like your toes to your, to your head. Um, like what feels achy, um, being really present, um, So, yeah, that's all in the mindfulness um, scope. Um, And then, yeah, while you're running, you're, like, aware of, like, oh, your foot placement or your breathing and the sights or the smells. Like, all your senses are interacting in this mindful manner. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what, like, that run mindful really, like, centers on. Um, which I pr- pretty much practice. Like I think everyone practices it. Practices it in like a way, but they're not kind of like in tune with it. Like yeah, it's like if you're going way too hard, you're going to be breathing
1: heavily. So then it's like you slow down the pace and. I I, I would disagree. I don't think everyone practices this. Uh, I think many people run without like understanding what's going on in their bodies. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's- a lot of people do. I I think, but there's also quite a few people who don't like I think yeah I am thinking at some level you're like okay I'm sore today but can you describe like what movements that's making you have a harder time with Mm. right um I think it's pretty interesting
2: yeah yeah that I I guess uh, yeah that does make sense um but yeah like for me at least like yeah just being aware of like oh like my calf is like really tight like okay, maybe I'll just do a little extra, or, like, do a little less, and then, like, I'll take some time to, like, massage myself out more, Um, but, yeah, if, like, I'm feeling really good, like, just, okay, maybe I can go a little extra today, Mm -hmm. and, like, oh, I see the birds chirping, like, what does that sound like, and how you appreciate it, so, yeah, I think, yeah, most people, they can be
1: more in tune with them, themselves like you said but yeah that's like my kind of practice with it so i find it very interesting to think about um like often it's very easy to understand like the most painful thing in your body but maybe not as easy to understand like the second most painful thing right like we always focus on that weakest link it's like oh this is my weak link right and then you fix it or you do work and then you realize oh there's like seven other problems that i gained along the way um so like I don't know. I feel like I could be a more mindful runner as well, but it's very interesting.
0: I definitely could be. (laughs) I definitely am more attracted to group runs and Mm. being with people and being in community and chatting. And that is definitely the opposite of mindfulness.
2: Yeah. Well, you can be mindful in a group run. like, I think listening is part of being that mindful runner itself in a group atmosphere. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I go do group runs as well and I'm, not always the one talking. I'm just like listening and like just enjoying my surrounding. And yeah, it's, it's totally fine at at the same time. Um, And yeah. Having that like
1: connection to people. Um, So yeah, I don't think you're, is. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, (laughs) one of the best things about group runs is how present you can be with other people. Like, I mean, right now we're being very present with each other because we're recording a podcast. And that's one of the things I love about recording podcasts is being present with people and talking. But uh, running actually represents like another great time where you're just, there's no distractions, there's no phones. Well, I mean, minimal phones. Um, You know, and you're you're running with somebody and you're just having a conversation.
0: Okay, I like that reframe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah. Thank you, both of you, for that reframe. <laughs> You're very right. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to take a turn in our conversation, and I'd like to talk a little bit about diversity in running, mm-hmm. and in particular in the run communities that you've been a part of. Um, so to frame this, though, I'd like to um, just tell you a bit of my background because I know you don't know me. Mm. Um, I do um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Work in admissions and recruiting for um, right now nonprofits, but I've also done that work for universities and in particular for social justice programs that bring in diverse um, entrepreneurs oh, and underserved entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So I'm very familiar with there's not like one big answer we're going to give why there isn't diverse representation in the in running communities. I understand that it's like much more layered and nuanced, mm-hmm. but I'd love to um, talk a little bit about what your experience has been being um, an underrepresented runner. Yeah.
2: Um, wow. Yeah. Diversity is such a big topic. Um, right. Especially in the running space. And for me, like, I mean... It's, I mean, my first race back in 2013, and even growing up, like, having role models like that looked like me, like, yeah, there wasn't many Asian runners, like, in the Olympics or, um, like, at major marathons, and most of them, like, I think the most famous athlete at the time was, like, Yao Ming in basketball or, like, Ichiro in baseball, um, big in Seattle yeah big in Seattle yeah so um yeah that was kind of like my background with role models in the Asian American like atmosphere of sports um Mm -hmm. and then yeah lining up at start lines I think growing up like oh like the majority of cross-country kids are white and like they had Nike sneakers and I think my uh, yeah. parents at the time, like, they would buy, like, the knockoff brands. Um, mm. So, yeah, like, just the, like, yeah, diversity, inclusion, uh, equity, or equality. Um, yeah, it, it all kind of ties into my experience, like, as a runner. Um, and, yeah, even now, I think it, it's definitely gotten better. Like, it's 2023. Yeah. Um, we have now seen like an awareness and like how we can improve it um and a lot of companies and brands in the running sphere have um but then there's also like the idea of like tokenism or like are we just being like chosen because like hey we're like trying to hit a box um and like who like there's like like okay yeah like a BIPOC athlete or an Asian American like get chosen for this photo shoot or this sponsorship. And, um, like there's still a white creative director behind it. So like, It's um, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to like see the, the vision of the company through that. Um, because like, yeah, we are just still underrepresented in so many ways. Um, but yeah, like again, I I start, I I walk up to a start line and, um, there's just, there's not many people that look like me, um, that's Asian American. I mean, it's definitely getting better, like, in the US, like, I do see more diversity. Race directors are definitely putting, like, a a value in their mission for, like, getting representation and having more equality and inclusion, but, um... Yeah, still like I think we're just still underrepresented because of the entry point into trail running. Like, yeah, running is a right. running is a is a really simple sport at the end of the day. Like, yeah, you can. The I think the cliche is like, we need just a pair of running shoes. But then like <laughs> the running shoes now are like a hundred fifty dollars for like the entry point or something, and right. like if you're not getting paid or sponsored to like, it's just so difficult to get running shoes and like race entries are also very hard. Like you're, there's like, yeah, just, just the way amount of like racers that want to get into races, like people save up, like even I save up for races to pay for. And then I somehow get reimbursed through my sponsors. But like, I'm like before even that, like, I wouldn't, I would just save up like, oh, this paycheck is going towards this race, but then like the race sells out and there's no way to like open it back up, um, even if you reach out. So there's that. Yeah, there's a socioeconomic
0: barrier. Exactly. And then that barrier you were speaking of, like your parents might not see the representation in the sport and so might not see the value in buying you the expensive shoes.
2: Yeah um yeah. yeah all of that um yeah socio um yeah it's it goes down so many layers but then like yeah you're, you're not seeing yourself represented um but yeah like for me like I think I wanted to show like other kids that look like me or like yeah. the just the general population like that, yeah, we are here, like, you can have success, um, in the trail running space, um, like, I don't think I'm, like, the most talented athlete, I just, like, work hard, and, like, I enjoy the process, and there are days where, yeah, I, like, don't want to get up, but, like, it's gonna make me a better person, like, for everyone, like, yeah, I just, like, have anxiety, and, like, I know if I don't get the run in, like, I'm just going to be pretty miserable and like every oh, yeah. yeah you like, should listen like to everyone. our exercise dependency right. podcast yeah yeah That yeah. 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 was like i like, like, know it's a good like, one <laughs> yeah so like i don't have like yeah people probably say like they don't have an exercise dependency but yeah they probably do it's, it's um,
1: a lot of people yeah. in our community yeah. do so um, so but, you yeah. see your so uh so you're saying that one of your motivations is trying to be yeah. that representation that you didn't have Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't see Asian Americans being represented. And I think it also got worse during COVID because we did see a lot of Asian American hate. Um, right. So, Ugh. yeah, um, I think, yeah, there's just like a big taboo um, where we just don't feel safe. Um, and even in Boulder, which is predominantly white, like, I think I, um, yes. like besides the university, like I haven't been on campus and the one time I've maybe passed by like a few different people of color, but, um, yeah, boulders predominantly white and even in like the Rocky mountain runners group, which is pretty diverse. Um, I think there's probably maybe a handful of Asian Americans, um, and people of color just in general that would classify under those like categories. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, just like being able to see myself um on a start line or in the out in the community, I think is like just a like breaks down the barrier for like others. Um and yeah, like I will talk to people like of color, at a race, and like or whoever is like I even this morning, like at six AM, this is just a really random tangent, but um like you can't see anybody in the dark at 6 a.m. Right. But, like, you're just saying hi, and, like, you just have a headlamp or whatever. Like, we're crossing paths. Um, and I, even in the daytime, like, I'll just say hi to whoever. Like, women, kids, like, whoever sees me. Like, yeah, you just want to be friendly. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, I think that's... There's a bubble of, like, yeah, people don't want to, like, reach out. Um and I think, mm-hmm. like, we should reach out. Um, and, I mean, the trail running group, the, or the trail running, like, as a whole is really inclusive. Right. Um, but I think, like, there, it can be a touch clicky at times. Yes. Yeah.
0: But oh, I yeah. like what you touched on a bit earlier about how you're, you're being featured. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could feel a bit tokenizing sometimes because the leaders in the background are still... Um, predominantly white men, Yeah, and I, I, I'm recognizing this, this is just a connection I'm making now, is that the two run communities that I was a part of in Southern California and San Diego were led by people of color, mm. and that brought in a lot of diversity, because that, my experience with run communities has been quite, they've been quite diverse, Mm. uh but then i that come is, to boulder it is
1: also predominantly road running right yes, is, the, is there a road trip is, road trail, is there is a road trail differential road is there some I, sort of i believe difference? there
2: is a road trail differential um yeah i think roads like yeah the road scenes like the worst thing that can happen is like oh you uh, yeah the worst thing is like a person like the fears like mm-hmm. around road running is like a car or like a person like you're getting physically attacked or something um but like in trail like people the entry point is like oh you have to learn the trails um Mm -hmm. you have to have a specific gear Um,
1: you have to be a little bit more self-sufficient yeah
2: self-sufficient like you have to like get over like animal encounters like Mm -hmm. i definitely still get like i was just i played my podcast out loud like in the middle of the Morning. Oh yeah, because like it was so dark. Like I don't know if there, I'm like on Lions Lair, so like I know that there's
1: like mountain lions in the area. Oh, so. I've definitely seen a lion on Lions Lair. Uh-huh. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. no, oh, okay. Yeah. We have one hundred percent. I have seen. I've seen some cat eyes uh, yeah. staring at me at the top of Lions Lair yeah. at six o'clock yeah. this time last year. Okay, yeah. So they're
2: coming out. um Yeah. So yeah, there's like yeah, those fear factors for like, road trip versus road. Like, it's, you only have two or three things. It's also
1: important to understand that, like, for most people in the U.S., roads are very accessible and trails are not. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. most people in the U.S. live in cities. I mean, mm-hmm. the, I mean, somewhat of a majority, right? Yeah. And cities are also more diverse. So you have a lot of... Sorry, dog. Uh, you have a lot of uh, people who are generally more diverse who have more access to roads, than two trails, mm-hmm. most cities in the us do not have good trail networks, and so maybe that accounts for why we see more diversity in road running
0: um, uh, yeah, that and possibly they're just there are cities that are structured to bring in more diversity like there are sure. like I'll just say I, I work with I'm working with two entrepreneurs, one who is a black woman who runs Ultras and mm. she's um, built a vest, a camelback vest to actually fit people with different body types. Mm. Yeah. And then another entrepreneur I work with who is developing food mm. that is culturally relevant to people of color mm. who are in the outdoors. And I, I feel like building those access points, brings in more diverse representation and there are more people doing those types of creative things in cities than in say boulder colorado definitely yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: boulder colorado has a lot of innovation but it is is. still mostly white people Yeah. yeah
2: no i i agree with that but yeah um just yeah full circling back um yeah no that's Yeah, like, you just don't see, like, yourself in these magazines. Like, if I'm in a photo shoot, um, it's, like, what's the creative direction, like, this white person wants. And it could just be for, like, a billboard just to, like, check box. Um, Just to, like, oh, we want to sell more towards this community. But, like, every 4th of July or every Christmas or, like, every St. Patrick's Day, like, there's a themed shoe and it's just like why you're like again promoting it towards white people and like mm. you don't have like a Chinese New Year shoe or right, like or like right. um, Juneteenth or I don't know like whatever. Hanukkah like so it, it could be anything like get those Jewish
1: runners out. <laughs> right. Sorry, I'm Jewish. Yeah admitting. <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah I mean it's just yes. like it's just brands are yeah it it goes with everyone too. Like, yeah, brands especially are trying to make things more inclusive and Mm -hmm. a little bit hit diversity in all directions. Um, But yeah, it was just for me, like it was very challenging, like just not seeing myself represented. And like, I want that, like, even I want my kids one day, like, Mm -hmm. or the, my nieces and nephews to like see themselves on start lines and, know, like, hey, you can do this too. Um, Yeah, you may have to have some luck or, um, yeah, just be really hardworking. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, nobody cares what kind of shoe or what watch or what gear you have um, as long as you just show up. Um, Yeah, I think that's, like, a big key message for all of us, like, is just... To be welcoming, because like we are welcoming. It's just like trying not to be clicky. Um, Right. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, even myself. Like I have to say that to myself because like I can run with my really close elite friends, like that are on teams, and we have like this Slack channel called the Boulder Contingent, where it's just like (laughs) it's like all of us want to win golden tickets or like U T M B or like the next big race that we're signed up for. so I knew
1: the elites were talking behind our backs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, not even talking behind anyone's back, but
1: like we just have like our own like Of course, group, right? Which is I mean fine, yeah. but and and yeah. you yeah. Can, I mean it's <laughs> only natural like you connect a lot with those people cuz you you're you're going after similar goals. You're going. You're seeing each other at similar races. Mm-hmm. You know. You make friends, and you want to make a group. Like yeah. this is totally normal. Yeah, exactly. But
0: I really appreciate how you broke that down because um, we're talking about systemic and structural issues that are um, limiting diversity in running and then you're breaking it down to what can the individual do right which um i appreciate yeah no i mean
2: yeah yeah, systemic it's like so ingrained but yeah i mean we just need to like take the time to like again be mindful like and be present present with like the company we choose um yeah and yeah like the newbie like just Welcome them in yeah. uh, with open arms, and I think, yeah, it's it's how we grow it's like the sport keeps growing, um, yeah, so.
1: it is growing at um, an incredible rate i I wonder what um so we've talked about like how you, you know personally can be inclusive, and I'm thinking about like how can we make groups or uh, races which inevitably create groups uh, like more inclusive? and I just wonder, like
0: right.
1: how important is it for You know, Miranda talked about how the two run leaders that she, uh, in communities she was in in San Diego, were people of color and and Latino, right? And how much that had an effect on having a diverse group. Mm -hmm. Is it important? Do you find yourself drawn to, like, are there are there a race? Is there races that are run by someone who is Asian American? Would you be drawn to that in a more? more than another race or does that that not matter is there something else that these groups can do to you know I don't know encourage diversity
2: yeah I mean I think what High Lonesome has done is like they make it a part of their mission Mm -hmm. um like they're just like Caleb and Kelsey are just two white people I would say Um, that is is an accurate description (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they clearly state like, "Hey, everyone's welcome. Your gender, non-binary, um, whatever you identify as." Um, yeah, and then like, yeah, just like everything that, yeah. If to answer your question, like, if it was an Asian American race director, I think like, they would have to put into place like these values um, mm-hmm. that hit kind of all these realms, like if an Asian-American race director is kind of, like, liter- like they don't care about the environment, like, they're going to ra- use, like, plastic cups or something. Like, most of these races now are, like... Okay. But, but
1: like, yeah, like, they need to be, like, oh... Um, yeah. For example, like, yeah. Well, I mean, you, okay, you have plastic cups that say... All right, if you don't have plastic cups, you you know, you save... I don't know, you saved, like, 500 plastic cups from going into the trash. That's great. But you had one runner fly in from Japan, and he cost emu- enough CO2 emissions, or she, uh, to, like, account for those 500 cups. Um, so, I don't know. That, that's just what I think about the plastic cups. Totally. <laughs> totally, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't really matter as long
2: as their mission, like, had values that, like, were inclusive, like, right. hit all the genders, um
1: yeah i think the so it, so everything's important right? right like we have you know encourage people to be yeah. there you know be you good stewards of the, the environment well it's a cool. lot of requirements on these race directors no. right?
2: <laughs> like maybe have like and then sale. and then they have to put
1: on a good ra- a good race totally. right yeah it's um it's a difficult job I it think. really is for race directors but yeah like
2: i mean the socio-economical point also like i think yeah. could be another thing like having like a sliding scale for like, or give like a, like or a, scholarship a scholarship to, yeah. um,
1: to a young or, right. uh, you Up know, certain color. qualifying runners of diverse backgrounds exactly. that would be a really amazing thing. Yeah. Like I suggest that to Caleb. Ooh, totally. let's
0: start a scholarship fund. Yeah. Ooh. Um, um, <laughs> one race entry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listeners of the pod. Um, oh, yeah underrepresented runner scholarship fund right. coming your way <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah i mean i even work with like um this native american like it's called renew energy running and it's mm-hmm. a, a little nonprofit based out of like minnesota and um they kind of like are trying to give land or like land acknowledgement back to like native americans like mm-hmm. we're on stolen land um And it's just, like, oh, okay, like, they will support races that, like, or people, like, that are trying to, like, make aware, like, hey, this is what we advocate for. And I think more people just need to be on that, like, kind of path. It's just, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, trying to open up the doors.
0: (laughs) Yeah, looking at, like, similar to what I do with Admissions processes, looking at every step of the process that creates a barrier to runners of color, and removing those barriers.
2: Mhm. Yeah, it's very challenging. Yeah, um, it's not easy. Right. We're not
0: going to come up with no, all the answers here for no. sure, but and even I think that questioning is important.
2: Yeah, and I think like yeah, just having these conversations, like yeah, it it really does keep your mind churning like how like you're gonna take something from this john's gonna take something from this and i Mm -hmm. am too it's like yeah like how can we make the next person we meet who isn't in trail or like even in like workspace like how can they feel included um yeah it kind of like works in all facets of our life
1: and all right so this is it this is our this is our um challenged all of the listeners next time you see somebody come to your run club who doesn't look like they belong make sure to go and be inviting to them and Ooh,
0: i am guilty of not doing this
1: mm, miranda is <laughs> definitely guilty. yeah i think
2: we just want to stay yeah. in our like bubble and like yeah. oh comfort like oh yeah like i'm gonna go talk to so and so or Like, oh, like, this person's walking up. I haven't seen them in forever. It's like, I'll just walk over to them. Right. But, like, yeah, like, I know, like, for a fact, like, there's one or two people that come to the group run, like, each week that are very new. And, like, they heard it from a friend. Like, I mean, even when I first moved here, like, I would hit up the running stores and, like, oh, when's your guys' group run? And that's how I met my community and friends today. Like, um, okay. It's like, yeah. And, like, you then kind of go on your run and... Yeah, just talking to
1: people, but like, yeah. That's
0: how but, I met my husband. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah, it's it's like yeah that. I I just met um well there's this uh, this kid um, kid he's like twenty five um who came to one of the Boulder Trail Runners runs and uh, he doesn't look like me he's, he's uh, Indian American um and uh, he has a name it's hard to pronounce and I was like I was like oh I mean. You know, okay, I'll talk to this guy. And it turns out we grew up right next to each other and went to the same high school and same college. And, like, we have so many similarities. And, yeah, now he's a good friend. It's like you just never know, right? You can't make that assumption. No, exactly. And this just happened, like, you know, a month ago. Wow. That's a wonderful story to hear. But Yeah, like, it's, I think it's just awesome to be – I try to be inviting in all of my running groups that I'm sort of maybe, a, like, a senior member – um, but yeah, I think a good challenge to our, all of our listeners, go be inviting to people who don't look like or, or maybe, maybe don't look like they belong or, or are, are just acting like, you know, like they don't know anybody and uh, bring them into the fold. Mm-hmm. You never know when you're going to find your new husband. <laughs> <laughs> or wife yeah or, or yeah a venture partner yeah yeah, exactly. yeah absolutely yeah so uh shall we bring this to a close with yes. uh a question of do you have any advice to share to our community or um anybody listening to the podcast i've been spreading the good word we're getting more and more listeners yeah every so week.
0: first um I'd love for you to share some advice with our community Mm -hmm. and that could be running related or non-running related. You've already shared a lot. So if you want to repeat what you've already shared, that's totally fine. And then if you want to give any uh, sponsors or brands a shout out. Okay.
2: Um, Yeah. My advice, um, this is not running related. Um, It could be running related. Uh, Just thinking off the top of my head is like, don't give up on your dreams uh, just stay persistent, uh, wherever you may be in your life. Like you could be at the worst of times. Just, yeah, you can always look up and, um, yeah, chase after what, whatever you're thinking of. Like you, like for me, it's, uh, it's been a tough journey and like I was definitely in a hard place. So just if you have something that you want to go after, like just keep chasing after it. And I think it'll eventually happen in one way or another and if not like yeah it's it's going to be a really good fun story to tell at the end <laughs> of the day and um yeah a, a huge shout out to my sponsors uh topo athletic uh spring energy
0: oh spring we're a spring household oh my gosh
2: i <laughs> uh, love spring yeah really great nutrition um renew running um which is a really great uh nonprofit that like Advocates for land um, acknowledgments for the Native Americans. Um, Arteryx Colorado really is another great sponsor of mine. And then Injinji Toe Socks. Um, oh, oh great. Love uh, mm-hmm.
1: Prevent yeah. your blisters. Yeah, exactly. Thank so. you
0: for being here, Anthony. Yeah, thank you
1: for having me. Yeah, yeah this you. was really wonderful. <laughs>